Twin boys move to a new house with their mother after she has face-changing cosmetic surgery, but under the bandages is someone the boys don't recognize. Did this Austrian film about some children being raised by only one parent while living in the beautiful countryside feel like a twisted sound of music to you? Yeah, I may not be having kids anytime soon. Today we've got a treat that'll make your skin crawl. We're delving into the eerie and enigmatic world of Goodnight Mommy. Welcome, dear listeners, to another bone-chilling episode of the Chamber of Chills podcast. I'm Cameron. And I'm Adam. And today we are at number 47 on the top 50 horror films of all time list with the 2014 film Goodnight Mommy. Yes. This film uh, can be classified as a horror thriller. It is rated R and it was directed by two people, which is interesting. Hmm. We have Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz. And it looks like they worked on a lot of other things together. Yeah. Um, including The Field Guide to Evil and The Lodge. Which Veronica writes a lot, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, they, speaking of, also both played a part in writing the screenplay for the 2022 American adaptation of Goodnight Mommy, which mm. was not quite as successful. Nope. <laughs> um, and just a funny little tidbit of information, but I guess Severin was the babysitter for Veronica's children, and that's how they met. Really? Kind of cool. Interesting. Um, but yeah, they also wrote this movie. So both of them, Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz, were the writers on this film. Hmm. Pretty cool. It's pretty, it's kind of terrifying that your babysitter yeah. helps you write a movie a about just film? twisted kids. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're a dynamic duo. You know? Star cast members playing the twins in this film. We have Lucas Schwartz and Elias Schwartz. And then the mother is played by Suzanne Wiest. Mm. Which is funny because Elias and Lucas play characters named Lucas and Elias. Yes. um, It was selected as the Austrian entry for the best foreign language film at the 88th Academy Awards, but it was not nominated. Mm. However, it did win 23 awards and was nominated for 36, including Best International Film and Best Performance by a Younger Actor at the Saturn Awards. Interesting. Ratings on IMDb, we have 6.7. Rotten Tomatoes, 85%. Letterboxd, 3.4 out of 5. Financials on the film is about the budget was about 1.7 euro, which is equivalent to 1.8 US dollars, not just 1.8, 1.8 million US <laughs> dollars, uh, which today is about 2.3 million. At the global box office, it made just under 2.2 million, mm. which today is about 2.8 million. Filming took about eight weeks. Eight weeks? That's not terrible. Macarena into the breakdown. Macarena into the breakdown. Macarena? Going through our guidelines for what classifies a good horror movie. Just a reminder, that's why we do this ballroom. <laughs> the ballroom, that's why we do this dance. Favorite scenes. Oh. Oh. I'm going to do something. Do We're going to make a new record for ourselves. Okay. The earliest we will say, spoiler alert. We, because we keep just diving in. And this is one of those films, if you haven't seen it and you think yeah. you might, don't listen to don't the rest of this podcast turn us until you've seen it. 
it is one with a twist. We should have said that about Orphan too. But yeah. you know, uh, you live and you learn. We're new, and don't hate us. We just uh, work here. We're new. We're just we're just working here <laughs> in our studio. <laughs> Favorite scenes. Mm. The intro. I really yep. enjoyed it. You know, just the the simple TV show and the song. Yep. And it's always fun to introduce horror films with a lighthearted lullaby because, you know, they're just going to take innocence and rip it to shreds. <laughs> so, uh, which, spoiler alert, they do that. They do that, in fact. Um, and I know I made a joke about that, being a little Sound of Music-esque. Yeah. But it did remind me of that in the it's intro. It's a great analogy. So... I think that was a great way to start it. I like that vintage look to it. It was, you know, a little like, like you said, innocent, but you knowing it's a horror film. Like, yeah. Oh, it's also a little eerie because mm. I feel like I know some dark things are coming. So it just sets the tone in a nice way. Totally. So I put that as well. I really like the intro. And then after that, I really like the opening shots of Elias and Lucas just, just, just being playing. boys. Just you being know? the boys. Just I the boys like- in the backyard. <laughs> Man, we keep coming up with like band names and album titles. I know. um, Boys in the Backyard, coming soon. I just felt like in those scenes, you really got a feel for like their playfulness, you know? Kind of like that brother connection, that dynamic a little bit. Which plays a big part in the film. Which plays a huge part in the film. The nightmare sequences, I added Mm. that. Uh, That happens to be a point of interest for a lot of these horror films, I'm realizing. Yeah, that's... (laughs) Um, They, and to me, they sell the mom being bad for me. In my mm-hmm. opinion, so the it's the first one is the mom in the woods, which is a weird, super weird scene. She's walking out in the woods. She strips down, and then the camera pans in front of her, and her head starts going like super crazy in like different directions. And you're like, she's like demonic, like yeah. something weird is going on. It's like the witch, uh, yeah, very, <laughs> very much Robert Eggers vibes. Yes, um, and then. The other nightmare su- sequence, sorry, is the mom's belly with the cockroaches Ugh. in it, which happens after the, the boy Elias feeds her the cockroach. So gross, and then his, dude. he has a nightmare where he splits open her stomach <sighs> and just cockroaches pour out. Which I just is have pretty wild. Such a problem with like small blades for some reason. Mm. So that box cutter. Ugh, when he just slides it down her stomach. Yeah, that's already gross. And then these freaking roaches start crawling out. Yeah, that was that was eerie. Pretty brutal. Um, I also said when the mom wakes up in the bed and she's tied to the bedpost. Yeah. You just feel so much tension mm-hmm. in that one scene. Because like I have a problem with tight spaces and like feeling confined or like Yeah. I ugh, it just was like worst nightmare situation. Cause like I also feel like, and this is props to the actress, Suzanne Wiest, I really just feel like she sells like she's stuck and it starts like she doesn't immediately panic and that may be a good director's note too but like she wakes up she's not like panicking she's tied up she's just like okay seriously like let me go you know like untie me this is stupid yeah but you slowly see her just like go a little she gets a little more panicky Mm -hmm. as she's starting to realize they're not gonna untie her and it's like i felt that in my bones like that that was the, rough like, for kind me. Kind of feeling of like claustrophobia, yes. you know. So I really enjoyed that because it made me feel just like, ugh, yeah. I hate this. I also wanted to add that I felt so different watching it the second time. Me too, for sure. Which obviously plays into the twist, but... So when's the last time you had seen it? Whenever it came out. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably like 2015 for me. Yeah, I saw it in an independent movie theater in Springfield, Missouri called I The Moxie. I forgot about that. Yeah, which was such a sick experience. I saw it with like two other college buddies. And 
yeah, we were like, man, that was wild, you know, but the whole time, I remember the first time, like I, I was on the kid's side. I was on yeah. Elias and Lucas side, you know, uh, which I know we're going to dissect the spoiler, yes. but second time I'm on the mom's side for sure, you know, because like now I know the spoiler, yes. uh, the twist and like, it totally changes the film whenever you yes. know, you know what I mean? It makes it such a different eerie film. Yeah. I almost recommend watching it twice for that. I would say so too. You could see both perspectives. Yeah. Two things I'll add to that is, well, erase the first one because I already forgot it. The second <laughs> point, um, you should be careful because we are getting pretty famous already. So you can yeah. just go throwing around locations <laughs> like the Moxie. They're going to be That's flooded. True. Guys, I'm so sorry. Please don't hate me. We'll for- just bleep it out. We'll, we'll edit this. <laughs> Get that out. Like two people um, show up to the Moxie tomorrow. <laughs> I know. It's us. <laughs> um so yeah i just thought that claustrophobia is like so so real i added to uh elias putting the cockroach on the mom then Mm. it crawling into her mouth while she was sleeping yeah which i have some i have a bts about that That crunch oh dude yeah so weird well the crunch was a different shot that's whenever he sneaks in Oh, that's right she eats she doesn't bite down or you don't see which i have a note about that too Oh, uh, dude yeah so all right well we'll just have to wait i know we'll buckle so, up um and then i also put i added agree i agree the mom being tied up but while mm-hmm. the red cross people are there oh because gosh, yeah. you know it's just good suspense and dramatic yes. irony in general it's that classic like free yourself or like let them hear you so they can come save you she gets the tape off the last second yeah and you're like oh no you know and, and right. them sitting at the table with elias yeah. You just have no idea what's going to happen. Right. You know, like, because he's a kid and he's not really thinking this through. And he's sitting at the table with these two, you know, yeah, Red Cross people. And they're like, when is your mom going to get home? Yeah. So Which, I was like, is he going to do something to them? You know, for like, those of you listening so that you're in our little circle, if you're like, I haven't seen this movie, I don't care to. Screw it. <laughs> these kids think their mom is evil. Mm-hmm. They tie her to a bed and they're like, where's our mom? Because they don't think it's. Their real mom. Because she just had surgery. She to, had cosmetic surgery. Yeah. And anyway, so that she's tied up upstairs and they were like, this isn't our mom. We're going to mm-hmm. get the truth out of her. Like, where did you put our real mom? Yeah. But it is their real mom. And you're just like, this is and they so start torturing her. Rough. Yeah. Because like to get the truth. Ugh, yeah. I'll and, dive into that more later. But yeah, I guess so, we should go ahead and reveal the twist too. Just so that people yeah, understand. Sure. Do you want to take that? Yeah. So the, so Elias and Lucas are shown the entire time and this the film is pretty much from their perspective but Elias is alive and Lucas isn't but we yep. don't know that and the mom is ignoring Lucas and you just think she's just this terrible mom who yeah. neglects her son uh, or one of her sons um, but you find out there was an accident some sort of accident we don't get all the details which is fine yep. uh, that Lucas was killed in. And Elias just still sees him and it's still like believes that he's alive. This trauma that like he's still thinking Lucas is there with him. Borderline all the time. schizophrenic. Yes. Yes. Because so like physically touching him. Lucas is like convincing him, or this, I guess what he's thinking is Lucas. It's just nobody. Yeah. It's kind of like almost convincing himself that like that's not your real mom. You know, we need to figure out the truth and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. It's just a lot of you know, things piling up. Which adds to our point of what we were saying earlier. When you watch it the first time, they try to take it in a route where you're like, oh, the mom is like some supernatural being. Like what's yeah. going on here? But then the second time you're like, oh, I know what's happening. And it's so stressful. Because like being, yeah. if you put yourself in the mom's shoes, you're like, 
this is, I'm just not having kids. Totally. So yeah. Did you have any more scenes? Yeah. I just said the ending, Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously it's spoiler. The mom eventually is uh, burned alive, which is rough, Mm -hmm. but there's this long shot of the exterior of the house just being consumed by the flames and the firefighters show up and they're trying to like great shot, take out the fire. And then it just ends with Elias. He's out in the cornfield and then now he's, seeing what he thinks is his real mom Mm -hmm. and Lucas and they hold hands and smile at the camera. And it almost reminded me a little bit of Midsommar when there's that scene where her parents, you know, were killed by the sister and the house is, you know, there's Mm -hmm. kind of that slow, eerie, like they've arrived after disaster has happened. It just, I I don't know. I really like that long shot. I totally agree. I literally added on that, like, because I put that as one of mine too. Uh, I love good, like a good wide still shot that is just the aftermath of chaos. Yes, like like you said, you literally oh, just put, put it perfectly. Thing. Like uh, like Midsommar. Yeah. Um Just to step back to, I did say I I don't love this scene, but it's a good scene. The freaking scissors on dude. the glued lips, oh. dude. Uh, uh, which I talk about more later, but I completely agree. And that was one of the most uncomfortable scenes for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause again, you get those small blades and I'm going to start shivering. Yeah. But that's true. she's already been through so much and then they whip those out and they glue her lips and then later they want to feed her. Yeah. But they're like, shoot, we glued her lips. So Ugh. then they're like, let's just pull out the scissors and unglue them. And you're like, oh my gosh, there's something's about to just go terribly wrong, yes. which it does. Yeah, they cut her lip and there's blood all over her Everywhere. mouth. But and, it's like, yeah. it's again, it's not, I don't know why this matters, but there's like, they're not like normal scissors. They're like tiny little like. Yes. Like scissors you would use on like nose hairs or something. I don't know. That's just the first thing that comes to my mind. <laughs> yes. But they're tiny little scissors. And Oompa Loompa's scissors. Yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. And he's trying to go so carefully and you're like, I know for a fact you're about to screw this up. Yes. Genevieve cuts her lip. She's kind of writhing in pain and it makes you so uncomfortable. Ugh, it's so uncomfortable because then she rips the rest of the glue off. Too. Yeah. Um, and then I put my last one. Yeah, you already said it. The shot of them ending with their mom. Mm-hmm. However... I have a changey mm. chamber on that one. Ooh. An idea for that. So okay. Later. All right. Conceptual uniqueness. I just really enjoyed. I mean, if you take a step back, the film has just this large focus on identity. And I wrote down, it kind of has you wondering, like, what makes you the person that like other people believe you are? You know, like yeah. what am I like, what are some qualities I have? Like if I stopped doing them, or if like let's say I went and mm-hmm. had this cosmetic surgery, I came back and people were like, oh, he's not the same. Like, what are those things that make it like... Like, just the super, you know, detailed perspective on, like, imposter syndrome. Yes, for sure. So just, I love that concept of, like, identity. And, like, Mm -hmm. especially from a child's eyes, like, they know their mom or they think they do. And so when she comes back, they, like, have already, or as you figure out, Elias has already undergone some trauma yeah so he convinces himself like that's not my mom and like tries to pinpoint reasons why it's not his mom and yeah. so i just thought that was Almost really interesting a little you know comparable to like Coraline, yes in a way for you know? sure oh um, that's a great parallel which i didn't mm. think about till just now Mm-mm-mm. um 
I love Tao because it's from the perspective of the boys, Elias primarily, obviously, that we as the audience start to feel, fear, and think the way he does. Yeah. Which is why I totally thought the mom was bad the first time I watched it until they started torturing her. Then I was like, wait. Yeah. Let's pump the brakes <laughs> okay, here. Okay. Wait a second. They, they have Elias has got her chill. mouth shut. Yeah. I was like, something's wrong. Um, <laughs> I think the twist was great. Mm-hmm. It's not entirely original. No. Uh, which, you know, they compare it to, what is it, The Others or something? Yes. Uh, and then and kind of Sixth Sense. I was going to say Sixth Sense too. But same done premise. in a you know, different, unique, compelling way. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I just, I thought it was unique yeah. in its own way. I really enjoyed the concept of it. And I think it's a, a cool idea. And I think they pulled it off pretty well. I agree. So totally good job, agree. Severin and... Veronica. Veronica. <laughs> Director's Touch. Franz and Fiala. What do you, how do you say his last name? Fiala. I Fiala. Think, yeah. Franz and Fiala did great. They're actually really cool people. I, I saw some interviews of them. They're, they're super nice. They're yeah. I, I love yeah. getting Burger King with them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very much a well done independent mm-hmm. horror film. Yeah. I agree. Um, which this was interesting. I wrote this because I was listening to this interview. Um, and they had asked Severin like about the responses from people. Cause this is when it was like just coming out. And mm. anyways, he had said, because I guess a lot of people, not a lot, a couple of people fainted at the film premieres. Oh my gosh. And so in this interview, he said that that was one of his proudest moments as the director. That's pretty gnarly. Because as a horror director, it's hard to ask for much more. And from that comment, I feel like that kind of tells you that he kind of gets it. Not completely, but it's just like I said in our episode for An American Werewolf in London about you know pushing boundaries and all of that. I feel like if I had made a horror film that like made people pass out because they're just like, oh my gosh, I hate this. Like you're setting would, precedence. I'd feel pretty proud too. I totally, you know? totally agree. I wonder what scene it had to be yeah, the scissor scene. <laughs> the scissor scene had me feeling a little woozy there. Totally. Um. I yeah, I love that, and I think you know you could even think about the best horror filmmakers of all time right now. Yes. And I would say the same. Like yeah. Ari Aster, you know. Ari Aster is so good about that. He's one of the best right now. Because he'll show you things that you didn't want to see. Like, <laughs> but he will make you look at it. I can very much think of, which, you know, we're gonna, I know we're going to dissect some other horror films, <laughs> including some of his. Actually, I'm done after this episode. Oh. <laughs> I'm resigning. It's <laughs> <laughs> just going to be me on Jay Rachel's <laughs> next. No, uh, I just, I, I think that I've... I've remembered several times my jaw dropping mm-hmm. in specific scenes in movies, and it doesn't happen very often. Like physically yes. dropping, like yeah. I gasp or my, you know, whatever. I've only done it like three times ever, yeah, in like a film, and one of them has been in his. Uh, wow! So yeah, that is I'm, awesome. That's a, I feel like that's a pretty good compliment to the director. Yeah, totally. But. So, uh, and then I. I just said the built-up suspense and stance on the different sides or perspectives was great. Yep. My biggest critique, which I know this is more like change chamber, hot takes mm. hallway, but a few shots I felt lasted a little too long. Yeah. Easily could have been trimmed down to 80 to 90 minutes I instead of 100 agree. minutes. It was a very slow burning long yes. film. And they, I, I mean, they could have totally like wanted it to feel like a very slow burn. Maybe yes. that adds to it, but like, and I don't mind long shots in general, but right. they all felt kind of like establishing shots instead of the meat and potato shots. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that 
I don't know. It, it just could have been a different, right? You know. Yeah, I kind of made a note of that later in screenplay. Um, but mm. yeah, I definitely see what you're what you're saying there. I'm yeah. smelling what you're stepping in. Hey, so <laughs> <laughs> acting. Uh, yeah, so the Schwartz twins. Schwartz. I thought they were great. I to be honest, too. yeah. Especially when you consider I. Well, I guess I put that later, but oh no, I put that now. I'm stupid. <laughs> Big um, <dumb> guy. It's. <laughs> I thought they were great, especially when you consider that the directors. I guess they jumped through like several schools in Austria, and they just asked, like, "Do you have any twins?" You know, and then they mm. gathered all the twins and just picked which ones they thought looked right. Mm. And they tried to look for twins that were like that represented like beauty and fragility. Interesting. So that was really interesting. But so for not being actors, like just pulling them off the streets. Yeah. They did a really good job. Yeah. So I was impressed by them. That is really interesting. I made a note of that in BTS too, because I and I'm assuming it was probably they've pulled together these twins mm-hmm. and now they're just comparing them, but they had a 150 different set of twins. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine sifting through that many? No. 150. That's so many. I didn't even know that many existed. Yeah. <laughs> let alone in Austria. Uh, that's the twin capital of the world. <laughs> Golly, they're all twins. <laughs> the twin capital. Uh, their reactions were really good and morbid enough to assist the film's goal. I thought yes. that they did great. There were a few times I could tell one of them was kind of like, smiling yeah. or maybe breaking character <laughs> but again they're kids so yes. it just kind of works because it almost adds to the did you see how young ones. they are the actors i didn't see that oh i don't know because uh, i know we talked about an orphan she was what like she was two yeah she was two years <laughs> old that's crazy <laughs> just kidding we <laughs> joked about her being two i don't actually know how old she is but she was like 10 they probably 12, have to be like 10 yeah they were young yeah. for sure and i thought susan did really well i thought so too she I thought it just gave a pretty strong performance. She played the mom, yeah. Uh, like I said before, you really just feel like her pain, and especially towards the like the oh end, my gosh, those yeah. scenes are just so rough. Yeah, but I even said like even before that, you're like, like you said, she sells being bad because mm-hmm. you're like questioning like, oh, she is creepy. Yeah, and that I mean that wrapping around her face probably helps in that after the cosmetic surgery. But she does a good job before. I think she does a good job at the end. And then there was even that one scene when the priest brings the kids back to her. Mm. She's standing in the rain and she he says, like, do you want to explain or something? And she just starts like kind of having this breakdown. Yeah. I thought that was great. I yeah. thought she did a really good job. Yeah. So and now that I think about it, it's kind of like the opposite of Coraline, where you start with this idea oh, of this like yeah. kind of creepy fake mom. Yeah. And then she becomes more real. Yes. You know, I don't know. That, that was, I was just thinking about that. Man, I, I love that parallel because I also just adore Coraline. Oh my gosh, yeah. Okay. You might disagree with this. Mm. I think that, and this might be more of a hot take. So I think she did really, really well. And I really liked her. Uh, and a BTS note is that the directors actually wrote the role for her. Uh, oh, really? With her in mind. Yeah. Interesting. Um. The only thing that I'm like going back and forth on is the ending because she starts off like great, like, okay, yeah. you know, nonchalantly, like this isn't funny. Let me out. And then right. she does build up. And then at the very end, she like is freaking out, you know, right. whenever, you know, the flames and stuff. Uh, I don't know if this is a director's note or okay. if she just did this, but I just don't think that she was scared enough for me mm. at the end. 
And, you know, she does the wide eye thing really well. And I, you yeah. Know, but like, she didn't truly freak out until she was lit on fire, like oh, body yeah. convulsing all over the place. Yeah. And I would have started freaking out ballistically after the freaking spyglass burning on my face. Yeah, that's I'm true. like, the, this kid is torturing me. I need to get yes. out of here. You know, like I am freaking out. <laughs> I guess I didn't even think about that because, yeah, if so somebody's glue, like, dude, I am. I guess she does. That. She's laying there most of the time. She screams like her screams great. And she's obviously in pain, like I've mentioned before. Yeah. But yeah, I guess if I was tied up, I would be like convulsing my body yes i'm dude i'm getting out i'm trying to snap my arm to like or i don't know like yeah get it out of there biting my hand off i don't yeah. know so i guess that kids makes sense are just and i made a note of this later like the overall like impact but like i don't know i just thought you know whenever kids are doing torturous things and they're not understanding the severity of them it's pretty terrifying yeah for sure so that's like I don't know. I that was executed very wonderfully in the film. Yeah. But in real life, like if I was in that situation and I just I was like, you don't know what the kid is gonna do to you. Oh, I know. Dude, I'm yeah, I'm busting out. Getting out of there. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my one note about acting. I, I I didn't catch that at the time. Now that you say it, I get what you're saying. Cause I, I too would be panicking to oh, get out of there. Totally. And there's not as much of that from her. And panic looks a little different than like trying to wiggle yeah. your way out. That might be a, I, I would classify that as a director's It's note, probably I think. more director's I think just, note. yeah. Yeah. Because if I was directing a film, I would tell them, hey, yeah, you want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're like perfect directors. Yeah. Because we know exactly how to make <laughs> a perfect film. <laughs> Screenplay. I felt, I felt that the writing felt decently real. Yeah. I think so too. Um, which I'm kind of stealing your job on this one. But I also saw. <laughs> This is kind of cool. No, please. They do. got the idea for this film by watching a German reality TV show where contestants leave their families for a while and they undergo cosmetic surgeries and like all these, you know, like basically a, a whole makeover. Hmm. And after about two months, they come back to their families and the directors noticed, Veronica and Severin, they noticed that the children's eyes, when they meet their new mom, they're always like sad. Because that's not the person they recognize as their mom. Hmm. They took that idea, ran with it, and just kind of obviously fleshed it out. But that's a really interesting origin story for your screenplay. And that is really interesting. I wish that like happened to me sometimes. Like I could just watch like a Burger King commercial, you know, and be like, oh, <laughs> I have a new horror. Which you, to give Adam credit, you're kind of like that. It do does happen to me, you know. Yeah, that's, that's a nice little gift to have. But I think the script is working pretty well here, um, especially because the film is primarily through the eyes of the kids. So you kind of see like, how do these kids see the world? You know? Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was kind of really cool. I totally agree. There were only two lines in the whole screenplay that I was like, what was that? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, the first one, which again, okay, so this is a foreign film. I don't know if we clarified that from the beginning. Oh, but yes. This is not in English. Yes. Uh, it's Well, we've said it's an Austrian film. It's German, I think, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's... Well, it's an Austrian film, but they speak German. Yes. That's clarification. Okay. So that, it, it's, you know, subtitles if you're watching yes. it in English. But and I was like, maybe the translation's weird, you know? Oh, no. But I was like... <laughs> There is one scene where the mom and we see 
Luke is standing by the door hearing the mom get on to Elias for not saying oh, yeah. that she's his mom. And she says, I'm going to get so mad <laughs> when she, you know, and I was just like, yes, I don't know if, is that realistic to say? Like, I yeah. was just thinking, it just feels a little I remember dramatic. that in the moment because I thought so the same mad. and I just thought to myself, I was like, oh, that must be like a European thing. Like maybe they're just saying, <laughs> I know, just write it off as, oh, that's say, a foreign thing. That's yeah. a cultural thing. Uh, my next one, this is a quote from the Red Cross people. Mm. Well, if the door is unlocked, then people must be home. Oh my gosh. So that goes into like, for me, change yes. chamber later because that's, I talked about that because I, I thought that was a little stupid. It was dumb. Like if nobody's home, you're just going to the next walk house. Around, which we'll dissect in change yes, chamber. Yes, for sure. Uh, my only two notes. Uh, and then score, nothing crazy, but not bad. Yeah. I thought it was just, uh, it wasn't like, we're going to try to overdo it, you know? There it's wasn't... going to aid the film. I feel like there wasn't a lot of music. No, like it's, it was very silent. The film as a whole is pretty quiet. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have a ton of dialogue. You don't have a lot of music. And it does kind of make you a little more uncomfortable. And it, especially to, again, kind of like Midsommar, where the whole thing takes place. Yeah. Or a lot of it takes place during the day. Dude. So being during the day and it's kind of quiet, it's yeah. almost like just a chill afternoon in Europe. Mm-hmm. And they capitalize, like I said, on like that summer. It's just, yeah. Which definitely makes it a little eerie. Score in horror is very interesting because there's so many different ways to, you know, execute it in a, in a good way. But I think that like you're talking about silence is uncomfortable. Yes. So I know that horror movies do, that's just a tactic of building up music and then it goes silent and now you're super right. uncomfortable. So I was like, even with we're about to shoot a horror film, a short horror film later yeah. this year, which we'll you know bring up. Uh, but I was even thinking going into that, like maybe not even having music at all oh, until yeah. the one scene at night in the house with all the people. I kind of like that, and just immediately introducing music, or so flipping it, either doing that or flipping it. Yeah, where <laughs> there's music. Film. I know we'll we'll get some BTS, but I think it's a great idea. So we'll see cinematography. Huge element of the film. Loved the cinematography. Yes. In this film. It was huge. I thought it was very like art house in the way it unpacked certain exterior shots. Yeah. And I just thought as a whole, I saw a lot of people using this word, but like minimalist. And I think that's a great way to describe it. Totally. Um, And this may be a little crazy. It did remind me a little bit, not a lot, but like a little bit sometimes of Call Me By Your Name in terms of like those shots. Yeah. I was like, oh, because they also have like a lot of those- Oh my gosh, it's his origin story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was just a great attention to like the beauty of the outdoors of Europe and just that like, you know, the simplicities of summer. And I always appreciate that in film because you're like, man, I just want to like throw away my laptop, throw away my phone. I'm going to go just read a book in the woods. And that kind of, there were some shots in here that made me feel similar. Yeah. And like in Call Me By Your Name, when Elio kills his mom, it's pretty crazy. (laughs) <laughs> equally as crazy i'm just kidding that doesn't happen <laughs> i agree it's it's really hard it's probably hard not to shoot in rural austria and have amazing cinematography That's and true. those big wide shots you know same kind of goes for more oklahoma yeah so yeah. any wide shot you get in more oklahoma is just gonna be <laughs> like the tornadoes in the background are gonna be just <laughs> stunning the cows the hay bales man that's gonna just exactly. tickle your peach <laughs> tickle i love peach just like ilio <laughs> oh my god Oh my gosh.
<laughs> yes. Two on the nose. Sound of music and call me by your name. Man, we clear just inspiration we just, for this one. Yeah, we dissected the. That's all you need to know. That's it. <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say. I just loved all the wides, which feels it, it helped it feel even more mysterious. Mm-hmm. And because of all the wides, and there's only three people in the whole film. Well, pretty. I mean, there's four or five yeah. actually. Um, but and it only being three people, you know, like. It feels very lonely. Yes. Which was a big part They're of They're kind of just out there by themselves. Yes, which yeah. adds to the creepiness. And the house is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Love that house. Like Orphan, too. Those houses. What's up with these horror I film don't houses? Know. Just freaking beautiful. Cabin in the Woods, that house wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> that cabin was just. <laughs> that cabin was just gorgeous. So nice. No, it's not. Uh, overall impact. Super twisted. Mm-hmm. Great psychological battle with who's right and wrong. Yeah. And Man. the twist got me the first time. Me too. Um, which I did see it like almost ten years ago, so maybe I wasn't as like aware of. Yeah, we were young lads, young little lads. <laughs> but we, <laughs> we boys, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> this and this could go into the hot takes hallway, but um, I think it solidifies itself as one of the better horror foreign films yeah you know i think it's it's up there for sure and i felt a little more validated when i wrote that down because i like i mentioned earlier it was presented as a potential nomination for the oscars yeah the foreign film i was like okay it's a good film yeah like i think it's just it's honestly better than i remember it being and that goes back into like i saw it almost 10 years ago where i didn't really like look at films through a certain lens which Adam and I just talked about the other day because we saw The Nun 2. <laughs> Sorry for any Nun 2 fans. <laughs> yeah, it it bumped its way to the number one. But we were literally in the movie and we got out and we were like, Chamber of Chills has ruined us because we've been watching these horror films. Yes. Just dissecting everything. So overly analytical. So maybe if you go into The Nun 2 just wanting to have a good time, I don't know. But... Anyways, this is a tangent presented by Cameron. I'm done. <laughs> we'll do an episode about the nun too. Whenever we get to our top ten, I'm just kidding. Uh, I just thought it was a good slow burn of an indie horror film. Yeah, you know it. And I know we bring up at the very end, like, who, do we recommend this film? But yeah, I think that you know it. What they were setting out to do, they did it really well. Yeah. Well, even honestly, and I thought about this later. Maybe this is me making excuses but because it's through the perspective of the kids and you have a lot of those just simple shots of like them on the trampoline or them having that burping contest in the chair that adds to the film feeling long yeah which it does feel long it definitely makes you like there are moments you're like okay this is kind of dragging on yeah but that is kind of like the kid's life he's just living out these long days in the summer with his dead brother (laughs) And so, anyways, I, I I do think they achieved what they were trying to do. It's not perfect, but they definitely, I think, do a pretty good job. Yeah, I agree. All right. Fact Forest, are we ready? Ooh, that was supposed to be an owl. I'll, as soon as I started doing it, that, <laughs> that sounded the best terrible. Owl I've ever heard. <laughs> Fun facts, random facts, BTS making of the film. Did you know the actors were not given the script and the movie was filmed chronologically? Wait, which other film did we review that was also chronological? Was it, it was, American Werewolf in London? I think it was American Werewolf in London. Wow, what are the odds? I know. So I thought that was interesting. And then, of course, the actor's not given the script. 
Yeah. So they don't know while they're filming it. You don't know who is bad. Oh my gosh, that would be so fun. Yeah, I like thought that was awesome. That's really cool. I love that from a director's standpoint. That's cool. The Oh, I said 150 pairs of twins. 130. I just okay, I okay. correct myself. The film borrows the basis situa- in situations from the American film The Others. Or The Other, sorry, 1972. With a screenplay written by Tom Tryon, who is also the same author of the original novel. The plot elements are such as... Two twins in thrilling and horrifying situations, the fact that one of the twins was always dead and that this imaginary character influences his twin brother to commit criminal acts, their mother is in grief and in an unstable state of mind and even as far as having an ending that is set on a burning barn. Having all these story elements so similar makes Goodnight Mommy not only a practically spinoff of the other, but this also would be applied to the American remake Goodnight Mommy 2022. Wow. Which I was like, that's pretty similar. Yeah, for real. 1972. Okay. Yeah, they took some inspo. I know. I was like, that's heavy inspiration. <laughs> that so makes I was like, three films. Yeah. Sound of Music, Calling By Your Name, and the other. <laughs> and the other. All combined into one spectacular Andy Horkel. <laughs> Cast members, Suzanne Wiest lived alone for three months to prepare for the role, often completely swaddling herself in bandages. Oh my. I just thought that was pretty wild, methodical acting, yeah. if you'd ask me. Interesting. A little, uh, little out there. Okay. She also asked if she could have a couple of the 2000 Madagascar hissing cockroaches they planned to use. They gave her two babies, who she named them Matilda and Nermal, and she raised and trained them. I don't know what that means, but... How on earth are you training a cockroach? She's trying to get them to the Olympics, the cockroach, <laughs> cockroach Olympics. Since their characters own the roaches, the boys also got into the act, taking home a pair they named Rocky and Rambo. Clearly, Stallone is huge in Austria. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. Uh, next one. Wiest said she... Matilda the cockroach nailed the scene on only the second take, the one going into her mouth. This Wait, is, that was hers? The one that was she her cockroach. Trained? Yes, this is the one she trained on what, her face. What a good girl. Boy. Matilda's just a <laughs> she's a baddie. <laughs> she's a baddie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow, okay. And she the quote Weast. The thing is, they have an instinct to always go to the darkest place, she explained. When we started shooting that scene, my face was under so many lights because her instinct was stronger than her fear, she immediately went toward my mouth. And then the filmmakers had to simulate the last steps of the scene where the roach enters, enters her mouth with CGI. So oh, okay. the roach going into her mouth did not happen. Oh, I but thought, it did get close to her mouth. I thought you were saying it goes I into know. her mouth. That I would have That's where Matilda right sleeps, you know. <laughs> all over this mic. I know, that'd be so bad. Ugh. And then uh, I went ahead and moved film mishaps to mm. this section because I was like, that's pretty much BTS. Okay. So we can add on top sure. of each other's. I was thinking this the entire time. Okay. This scene was happening. This was the only one that I had in mind. The film goes to some lengths to avoid any physical interaction between Lucas and any object or character other than Elias, unless only Elias is present. But... The film breaks this rule when they glue the mother's mouth. One yes. boy holds her lips while the other applies the glue. I thought that too. Dude, as soon as that, which that was actually somebody's review of that, um, but I thought the same thing while yes. it was happening. I was like, wait, He's they're both there. touching her face. Yeah. How is that possible? Because one was trying to hold her down and was the other one trying to 
What was the other one doing? I forgot. One was holding her lips together and the other was gluing them. Oh, that's right. That's right. And Lucas was the one holding her lips. And I'm like, that's uh, not. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not possible. Yeah, I thought that too because I was like, well, that's a continuity error. <laughs> that's not happening. I know. So. Interesting. Um, For me, if we're now in the change chamber, um, what we already said about the Red Cross people. Um, Yeah, they just walk inside when nobody answers the door. Yeah. And that's just not realistic. I mean, who just goes into somebody's house? If I know. no one's home, you just go to the next house. I know. But I thought that was a little silly because they were it like, is. all right, let's see who's home. It's like, it's hold just up. complete. I made a note of that too. It's completely unrealistic unless they do that in Europe for some reason. But I'm like, no. I thought that too. You're I like wanted to write it off as a foreign thing, but no. Maybe peeking your head in and saying hello. Yeah. No, walking around the house. <laughs> Pick some up, Lola. <laughs> yeah. I noted. Even though they already did a really good job of painting the mom out to be the evil character initially, yeah, I think they could have used their long, still, wide shots of the house and big windows to make her look even creepier. Yeah, that so, would have been good. Like maybe her meds make her do weird things, like sleepwalk or something. Yeah, um, give her bedroom some sort of red light that illuminates it at night. If that's the only house room in the house lit at night and she's standing up against the glass sleepwalking how terrifying would that oh my, be yeah just immediately you're like oh she's something's just i wrong. can picture it and it's that's terrifying and you almost at that point wouldn't have to do the nightmare sequences yeah for which sure which the nightmare sequences did sell it for me but it's like kind of and i don't want to say this because i do love a good nightmare sequence terrible it can <laughs> kind of be a cop-out sometimes yeah because Two things that can be huge cop-outs for horror movies. All rules are off. All rules are off. Nightmare sequences and hallucinations. Yeah. You immediately don't know what's real, which is like, oh, we're going to play into that, and that's going to be scary. But then it's like there's no rules, which no rules is frustrating sometimes. It's just bad writing when there's no rules. I think that's a good point. So I I think that that would have been able that would have Man. allowed them to not have to do that they need you on set that was i know that's a good you, note come on veronica <laughs> <laughs> hit me up girl um i thought it was a little silly when elias pulled up the video that the mom apparently took of him when she was saying like, i said the same thing i won't listen to my brother so over weird. and over again no one would record that like and if you're di- like disciplining your kid you're not gonna put a camera in his face yes that and just it was felt- from her perspective Yes, and that's something we talked about in Cabin in the Woods, like, or was it Orphan? Yes. I don't remember. Things that, anyways, essentially when horror films just do things for the sake of the plot, I think that was a moment where they only put that in there for the sake of the plot. It was not realistic. I totally agree. Why on earth would you take a video of her punishing her kid? No. And then he used it later, like, see, you're not my mom. That's not happening. Like, okay. No. A little silly for me. I noted... Make the straps holding her down to the bed stronger. Oh, yeah. I get that it's one kid tying them, <laughs> but come on. They look like bandages and tape, it's like which I'm freaking tape. breaking out of, dude. Yeah, I'm like, for sure. It just looks so breakable, which, again, it looks like that. So I'm not saying maybe maybe it was hard yeah. to break out of, but like, yeah, come on. Yeah. The kid has know. a freaking crossbow. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like it. I, especially if that adrenaline's kicking in, I feel like you could just rip out of that. Yeah. But. I'm busting those chains yeah. open. <laughs> and then I just said, like, this might be more of a hot take because I do like the ending of the film. Okay. But I'm changing the very ending of the film 
from them looking at the camera smiling to them hugging, then walking off into the tree line as the credits roll. Uh, and then maybe even show the house on fire in the background. That'd be a super sick, long, wide shot. Yeah. So they're walking too. off into this tree line. And in the same shot, you see in the very far distance, the house is still on fire. And they're just not staring at the camera. I don't yeah. know. I just feel like staring at the camera was just like, they're just trying to be creepy. And I don't understand why they're breaking the fourth wall now. Yeah. Huh. So, I mean, I understand it was probably a bookend to the intro. Yeah. Of them looking at the t- TV, but that was like, I don't know. It just felt like it was a forced bookend. Yeah, I can see that for sure. So, Coolio, Coolio. Anything that doesn't make any sense. Um, I have a laundry list. Oh, and then you just take it away. Because honestly, I just kind of bundled all of mine into one thing. So you just lightning round it. Boom. Elias clearly has severe schizophrenia and not, is not being treated for it. <laughs> His mom even knows this, or maybe she just thinks he's only pretending. Um, but it's yeah. clear he's not pretending. Yes, for sure. So he needs to see a therapist I would or something. hope if I was talking about my dead brother hanging out with me all the time. Dude, I'm sending you to this. Somebody hook me up with a therapist. <laughs> yeah, let alone your parents. Uh, the mom comes home. We already made note of this. Mm-hmm. Why is Elias alone? At the house when the mom comes home. Did I miss something? But I also, the reason I was like, did I, did I just not understand the beginning of the film? Because right. it says in the description on IMDb, two boys visit their mom. But in the film, it looks like the mom comes home to the boys. Yeah. But Elias would then be alone at the house. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I was confused, so confused by that too. Because even in, yeah, we talked about this in the intro. It says like two or like two twins move into a new house with their mom. And I was like, wait, yeah. when did that happen? Did I miss yeah. something? I know. Uh, next one. The mom pretending to sleep while she eats? Question mark. Oh, yeah. It literally feels like they just added that in for the trailer. Yeah. To try and paint the mom even more as the bad guy in the audience's mind. Because they yeah. make it look like she eats the cockroach and it crunches with her eyes wide open in the trailer, which is not at all what happens in the film. Really? So in the trailer... They, Because there's two separate shots, there's two separate scenes in the film. The first one, which is Elias comes in uh-huh. and she's asleep, quote unquote. He leaves, she opens her eyes and starts eating. Right. And then like she pulls out crackers. a cracker. Yeah. And you're like, oh, she was eating. Why was she pretending to be asleep? I yeah. don't know. Second one, second scene is she's actually asleep on her pain meds, knocked out. Elias puts the cockroach on her and it crawls <laughs> right. into her mouth, but then it just cuts. So they'd splice them so together. So they splice the them together in the trailer and made it look like she ate the cockroach with her eyes wide open. So, okay, my two notes on that. One, side note, did you see? I guess the trailer was like a lot of people said at the time, the scariest horror trailer ever released. I remember seeing that because that's yeah. the whole reason we went and saw the film in that's crazy in theater, in yeah, that independent theater. Um, second, when I guess for me, when the she's eating the crackers, I took that as just like maybe she's so like depressed because she's obviously not in her right mind either from Lucas dying, right? So maybe she's like, I just don't even want to talk to my kid right now, I'm just gonna pretend to be asleep. Yeah, like I pictured her like maybe she's munching down on some crackers, she hears him coming up, so she puts him under the covers, pretends to be asleep, and then just resumes as soon as he leaves because she's yeah. like, I don't even want to talk. If so. Not a great mom move. But I know. I was like, and that's Elias the only explanation like, I have. 
and you think she's not that bad because he has her brother, but the yes. whole time her his brother is dead. Yeah. So she does kind of yeah. When you think of it that way, she's kind of leaving him out. I know he's like by himself, just playing outside <laughs> for hanging out with his the dead whole brother, day, and you're pretending to be. His, I don't know. That didn't make any much sense to I, me. And then I, I yeah. thought I really thought they might have only added that in to make the trailer. That's like that. I think probably why. Uh, next one. They asked to see her birthmark, but she just sweeps that under the rug. Why? Oh yeah. So. If her birthmark was never removed, which it's never mentioned that right. it was removed, then why didn't she ever show that to Elias to prove herself? Oh my gosh, you're right. That she doesn't could make have any totally sense. totally brought that out of her back pocket. And she and, was like ignoring it and they were like, show us your birthmark. Yeah. Which I thought about this too during like the torture scenes. I was trying to think like, what would I say to my kids here to get them to believe me? Yeah. And that would have been a great resource. I would have just immediately been like, here's my freaking yeah, birthmark. Look Stop at this. shouting at me. <laughs> Stop burning me with a spyglass. Yes, come on. Look <laughs> at the birthmark, buddy. Yeah. yeah I'm, that That's does, a good point. Uh, and then you already made the note about the video. That didn't make sense. And the Red Cross people just entering. Yeah, didn't make sense. And then I already mentioned this, but both boys holding her down. Didn't yeah. make sense. And then my last one. This is getting really nitpicky, but I just wish we knew what was happening from the mom's point of view for a split second because Elias is like handing Lucas physical items and physically touching him. So yeah. like wh what does it look like whenever Elias hands Lucas his glass to drink out yeah. of and Lucas does? Is the glass just sitting on the counter? Yeah. Or is he uh, just like imagining he's picking or it is, up? Yeah. Or like like I, I was like, is it floating in midair? Is he a <laughs> ghost? Like Freaking <laughs> Casper over there. So yeah, who knows? But that's not, I mean, that's not, it doesn't make the film worse or better. I was just like, man, I wish I knew. Yeah, I get that. Begin. I mean, again, schizophrenia. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Is that it for you on the uh, things that don't make too, too only, much change? Only day? 200 of those notes. <laughs> um, how do you feel about casting? Do you feel like it was pretty good here? I think, I think they did well. I really yeah. liked the twins. I thought the twins were great. I thought so too. Um, obviously, I don't know who's in the pipeline of Austrian <laughs> actors, but for, I mean, yeah, their jobs, I think they all did pretty good. I will say the American remake, I don't really know. I didn't dissect it very much, but I don't, I don't know the cast in that. Yeah, I know Naomi Watts is in it. Did you see like King Kong 2005, Peter yeah. Jackson? So the main girl in that, she's yeah. the mom this uh, okay. time. Um, and then the boys... I've seen that kid. He's a child actor. He's in the show The Boys, which okay. you need to watch it sometime. I do need it's to good watch show. that show. But he's in there. But that's that's all I know. Okay. Well, nonetheless, uh, that one got a 5.7 out of 10 on yeah. IMDb. So yeah, now I'm do curious as well as to one. see how it compares. I know. Anyways. Least um, favorite part of the film. So I have least favorite in terms of like, I don't want to watch that again. And that was probably <laughs> the glue scissor scene, but I'll talk more about that later. Yeah, it's got to be in the terms glue of just scissors. least favorite part of the film. As like I thought, I know it's kind of a smaller part, but the video showing the video, I, I was like, agree. ah, that kind of just ruined this moment for me because that was just kind of silly. Yeah, so that paired with like the boys holding both boys holding her down. Yes, because you're just immediately taken it, out of the story. It does that's remove. just like ah, well they're you know, there's your whole foundation yes. that the film is built on. So probably just that there are a few things that seem to be added to assist the plot and not necessarily for yeah, realism. I agree. Title of the film, movie poster. 
So here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. Cause I think oh, I didn't even write this down, but I think I read because it's Goodnight Mommy in America. Yeah. I think the original was like it translated to like I see I see or something, hmm. which is like, I think it was uh, like XA XA or something like that. But, um, so it's interesting. They changed it to good night, mommy, but you do kind of get the premise of the film with that title. It's like, you know, you can assume. Yeah. Mommy's going night, night. She's catching those Z's cause she's yeah. going to die. <laughs> so dude, I, because hmm. it's a translated title, it's hard for me to critique it. I don't know though. I, I feel like you could have done something more creative. I agree. Than just I like I see I see. Yeah. I don't know. I think that Goodnight Mommy sounds creepier than I see I see, but yeah. I see I see is more like vague to the point where you're like curious. Like yeah. you're like, wait, <laughs> yeah. what's what does that mean? But I who think, knows? I actually think Mama would have been better. But mm. unfortunately, Mama they made a came mama. out in 2013 in the US. The year oh, before. Oh, interesting. So I was like, ah, yeah, you can't really do that. Yeah, so, you can't do that one. Um, but that's what Elias writes on the sticky note and puts on her head whenever they're playing that game. Yeah. He writes mama. And uh, I was just thinking that's more vague than goodnight mommy. And yeah, it's still yeah. kind of like, oh no. Yeah, I feel like if you're trying to, like I think eagle-eyed viewers, if they saw the title as goodnight mommy and they start seeing things early on that allude to Lucas being dead, I feel like they could pick up pretty quickly at the twist. You know, yes. like it's, it makes it very predictable. Totally agree. So Goodnight Mommy may be a little too on the nose for me. I agree. As for the poster, I enjoy it. It does remind me of that movie Walrus. Is that what it's called? Oh my God. Ta- Tusk? Tusk. Oh, not Walrus. Uh, but you know, like that, it's <laughs> red and the eyes are like brightened up. So uh. it's like fully white. But I do not like that. Put movie. Tusk aside. <laughs> I do think the poster is pretty cool. I like the red overlay and like the two boys. Because yeah. it does kind of insinuate like these are the antagonists of the film. Yeah, I, I agree. I like the poster. I think it could have been it cool. It could be improved. It could have been totally. To, to, I was thinking, what if they did a wide shot of the house and the boys are standing in the window, similar to the shot or whenever the Red Cross people are leaving? Hmm. So maybe make that room red and everything else normal or something. I don't know. Oh, that'd be cool. Because yeah. like, also, I know that that's alluding that plus the title plus yes. any buzz, you are automatically feel like, okay, I'm going to be able to predict yeah. what's going to happen, which I didn't, <laughs> but like, because I'm a dummy. Uh, yes. But I was just thinking like, kind of going back to what I was saying with how to make the mom look more scary. Yeah. Her standing in that room with the bandage on her head against the glass at night, if that room, a wide shot of that house with that room being red, yeah, her standing in that window would have been so sick for a poster. Yeah, that would be cool. And I would immediately thought again, like, oh, she's creepy. Yeah, for sure. I also think I picture like a, for some reason, a like just white background going back into that minimalist mm. vibe, white background. And like the mask the kid wears, that cardboard, like it's like a cheap, yeah. cheap mask, but like the little paint and like the text somewhere in there. But I think just like a minimalist, like that's just the little mask on a white background. That would look cool too. Yeah. But I don't mind it. I don't like think it's a terrible poster. I yeah. just think it could have been done better. I agree. Do we agree with the IMDb rating? So it comes in at 6.7. Is yes. that right? Um, For me personally, I actually would crank that up 
just a little bit, not okay. a ton. I think it should have been a little bit better than 6.7 purely for the cinematography. I think the cinematography mm. is amazing. I think it's executed pretty well. Like I said earlier, it's not perfect, but I think maybe like I'd even be more comfortable with like 6.9. Yeah. Know, somewhere in for there. Jules. <laughs> for, for Jules. For Jules. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback, Love Cabin that. in the Woods. Go listen to that episode if you haven't. <laughs> XOXO. XOXO. Got some girl. Uh, I agree. I think that's pretty fair. I like yeah. go back and forth. I'm like, 6.7 is fair. But then I'm also like, yeah, I really like cinematography. And it, the only reason I say that is because like there's some other films that I think are rated higher that I don't know if I would agree with. And then there's, yeah, you know, there's that whole but dilemma. Anyways, that can be, I think, argued for any film. Yeah. But I, I think just like a 0.1, 0.2 higher. Yeah. But... Hot takes hallway, baby. Spicy. Here. <laughs> Favorite f- reviews. You want to start? Kick start us off it. with your 10 star. 10 star. Boom. This is titled Home Invasion on a Whole New Level. Good Night Mommy is a super slow burning psycho thriller. Oh. It's not at all a horror movie in the classic sense. Mm. There are no monsters or the intensive use of blood, etc. It's so subtle, so creepy so eerie and especially so disturbing that it's sometimes hard to look at. However, you still look and are shocked by the awful things humans do. Fascinated by the intensity, you, feel, you will feel sorry for each of the three characters. You won't know who to believe, who to trust, who to support as things evolve in this emotional roller coaster. Kind of like your 10 star last hmm. week. This was not as comedic, which I know we like to do. Yeah. I think they just make some good points. Yeah, I so, agree. I enjoy it. Yeah. No, that's a good one. I like that one. My 10-star review. Proof that there are still original ideas, just not coming out of Hollywood. Mm. This was a longer review, and I shortened it. Okay. I admit that I am a horror movie snob. I have been so disappointed over the last decade with the barrage of remakes, sequels, and badly made CGI crap with no story. Who would have thought that the best thriller in decades would come out of Austria? Not with the band, but with a quiet thunder. One that pays tribute to this nail-biting, nerve-grinding film itself. I scored this film a 10, technically. It is an achievement that reaches the caliber of Alfred Hitchcock. Oh my gosh. Each scene is a visual... What is up with these people comparing? Dude, stop doing that. Each scene is a visual feast, setting the dark tone for the whole picture, very precisely laid out for the viewers like a complex piece of art. The music is, for once, a literal underscore rather than at center stage, I agree. It never once relies on jump tactics and snare drums to scare you, but instead acts as a poetic and haunting layer beneath which only amplifies the world these characters inhabit in isolation. Some of what they said... Hey, it's pretty well spoken. Yes. Alfred Hitchcock, best thriller. Yeah, you in guys the last gotta few stop decades. comparing to guys, Alfred Hitchcock. Which we are reading the 10 star reviews, but you know. Yeah, that's true. Ugh, golly. Yeah, okay. Just, ugh. Ugh. One star, baby. All right. My one star is titled Nine Nine. Like Ooh. German. Like Nine. <laughs> like no. Like no. that. Um, the scariest thing about this film is that I wasted two hours of my life and will subsequently never get those hours back. Mm. This movie is so bad that I made an account just to warn people. Much like a piece of Wonder Bread, this film is spectacularly bland and predictable. Instead of watching this trash, you can instead take out the trash. (laughs) Another suggestion is that you can volunteer in an animal shelter. Your time is far too valuable to waste on this garbage of a movie. I don't know if they liked it. (laughs) 
Uh, you know, it's <laughs> iffy. I think they're on the fence about it. So, oh uh, well, you should nonetheless still volunteer in an animal shelter. Much like but, a piece of Wonder Bread. What a comparison. I don't mind Wonder Bread. Yeah, Actually, I don't know the last time I had it, but... I mean, it's not... You could do worse. Yeah. I. Uh, interesting. Okay. My one star. Similar. Let me save you 100 minutes of your miserable life. I shortened this as well. <laughs> Nothing happens in all caps. Plot goes like this. Quote, unquote. Where's our mommy? I'm your mommy. End quote. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, Literally, the sole interaction. Yep, right to the bitter end. I had thought for years, A Quiet Place was the most overrated and insulting to its audience horror movie I've seen. But Goodnight Mommy is every shred as much of an insulting crap fest as A Quiet Place ever aspired to be. Whoa. I know. I love it when critics predictably fall all over each other to heap their praises on wholly unoriginal, slightly artsy, foreign, claptrap horror such as this like originality or lack thereof, never even factors into their professional opinions. Wow. What a take. That is a take right What there. a one-star review. Wow. Alfred Hitchcock and now Quiet Place. Dude, these reviews are all over the place. Yeah, dude, come on. That's crazy. crazy. Those reviews. What are our hot takes? Ooh. I have one, and it's a big one, but you... You can go first. Oh, okay. We'll save the best for last. Um, Not the best. So for me, which I can only say this with a grain of salt okay. because I've already seen it before. Okay. I think the twist is too obvious. I, yeah. I, I agree. Again, probably biased because I haven't seen it in a while, but I still know what happens. But I feel like this time around, I even wrote in my notes, like, did I really not <laughs> Catch this earlier on <laughs> last really time. such a big dummy? Because like there's just so many moments that allude to it. Like A at the beginning when they're playing yeah. and they're in the ponds and then Lucas goes under and essentially drowns. Mm-hmm. So that's like alluding to that. The title, Goodnight Mommy. There's the post-it game scene where like, he, and he's just never recognized yeah. as being there. So I think for me, I was like, man, I feel like it's super obvious <laughs> what's actually going on here. I know it kind of made me sad at myself. But it can't be too obvious because when my dumbass watched it in 2015, <laughs> I was like completely like, what? what? You're kidding me. Oh my God. So uh, that's my hot take yeah. as of 2023. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Okay. Mine's a huge one. All right, I'm buckling up. Bear with me. Okay. My socks are ready to come off. <laughs> <laughs> this film would have been much better tightly crammed as a 20-minute short film and may have been able to get itself nominated for an Academy Award. Ooh. Here's the thing. I love slow burns. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And that played a huge part. You yep. make it a 20-minute short horror film, you can't really make it a slow burn. Yeah. Actually, well, shorts can still feel slow burns, you know, but this one you could still pack a lot into. I think this could have been a very, very well-executed short film. Yeah. Especially with the slow burn of like a magnifying glass. Yes. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> um, but that's a very interesting thought to have. And I can see why you would say that. Because it, would, you're- it would do better in the category of short films than it did in the category of features. I don't know. That may not be as hot. Really? Well, maybe it's hot in this chamber. <laughs> as it always maybe the is. the chamber's cooking. But... I might actually agree. Really? Um, 
Which I don't know because I do love the film and I think it works. I love the slow burn as we keep saying. Yeah. I do think the format and the formula would work in a short film. Though. It would. Um, it would it work better. That's the debatable part. And that yeah. may be where you get into the hot take territory. Mm-hmm. So that is interesting. Interesting notes and thoughts from just some thoughts for a you. damn rag for your uh, for your day. <laughs> okay. Uh, mm-hmm. What would be the worst name for the film title? Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue? <laughs> just because the glue scene, man, that just gets me. Cut glued lips. I So fun fact for that little prompt. Every time I'm writing my notes for this podcast, I my like goal is to just write the first thing that comes to my mind. So last time, Cabin in the Woods, Thor the Ancient Gods. Yeah. Today, I just immediately, I like looked up from my computer, closed my eyes, Gorilla Glue. Because that's how I, so I just think of like, yeah. Super glue now. You're much better than me. I try way too hard with this question. <laughs> and it just always is the Maybe worst I should try stupid harder. thing that I... <laughs> Maybe I should try harder. Uh, mine was... Um, <laughs> cockroach... <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> cockroach boys bag mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Cock- what was it? Cockroach, cockroach boys, boys ba- bag mommy. <laughs> I love that. Uh, a little on the nose, but um, cockroaches play a big part of this couldn't tell love that have we heard any hot takes we agree or disagree with obviously so the hitchcock comment dude the quiet place comment those dude. Be- belong up there yes it's i not saw a foreign clap trap it's no, not no, no, a no. bad yeah foreign film. like we're clap traps but we're <laughs> <laughs> but that's because it's <laughs> just between us you know <laughs> um, <laughs> um i did see somebody say that they thought the cinematography like wasn't good they thought um, it does. They said it does little to support the development of a rich story, characters, or mood. Hmm. I get what they're saying a little more on rich story or characters, but mood. I think it creates a great mood. I, I think agree. the cinematography was so good, one yeah. of the strengths of the film. So I definitely disagree with that. Yeah, I I disagree. I I think I I disagree with that. I agree with you. I definitely think that the cinematography was extremely intentional. Yes, for and sure. Got its point across. Um, and then lastly, I. Totally blanked on what I was going to say. <laughs> um, the reviews calling it extremely original. After reading that synopsis about the other, yeah, I have a hard time saying that's original. Yeah. Once you read that, that is pretty... Kind of makes it makes me like it less, which kind of sucks. It does suck. And what's sucky about that is you looked that up ahead of time i just showed up for this podcast heard it for the first time like 20 <laughs> minutes ago and now i'm like ah that stings a little bit i know so whatever i'm over it if this film were released today what would the reaction be um i think it would kind of be the same however this may be a little crazy but i think it would be picked up by like although now that i don't know the twist could have i mean twists do well on tiktok I could see it being picked up by like A24 as like a horror Mm. release. That's all I'm like. I think the reactions would be kind of the same. Maybe I could see like we talked about in Cabin of the Woods, the TikTok, you know, the var. Oh my gosh. Virality of it. Dude. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. A24. I could see it being like an A because it's, you know, you got that foreign, like beautiful. I mean, it's, it's got everything there. Yeah. um, But it would fit in there. 
I think so. I think it goes in the wheelhouse. Uh, I Yeah, I said it, the twist could gain some TikTok audience traction. Film lovers seem to be pissed off at the lack of originality yes. and slash predictability, but horror lovers seem to enjoy it. So the polarization could help with marketing. Yeah. Man, we love that bad publicity. <laughs> we love the bad pub. <laughs> what is the hottest of all hot takes? I said that A Quiet Place was the most overrated horror movie of all time. So mine, which is not even the, mine was the cinematography bit. Yeah. But then you whip that bad boy out. And then you also mentioned that A Quiet Place is... <laughs> <laughs> I think that A Quiet Place being called overrated is like, what, absurd. What is he talking about? That's funny. It's just absurd because A Quiet Place is so good. Yeah, I... My for real one, because A Quiet Place, I mean, that's a big one, but that's not related to this film. Probably the person saying this is the best thriller in decades. That's yeah. just utter pig swill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bringing it back. <laughs> we got to introduce that more into our vocab. I know, pig swill. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was like, it's not the best thriller. Which again, you just got to see more movies, my guy. Guys, you're killing us. Chill Factor... I did feel a breeze coming in. I guess Ooh, that makes sense. Breezy boys. <laughs> the breezy they, boys. They don't call us the breezy boys for nothing. <laughs> What's the chill factor? The chills, the chills when it comes to this film. Mm. I said the torture scenes, which mm-hmm. is super rare for me. Yeah. Because we talked about this the You're other day. You're a big saw guy. I, <laughs> so I was going to say, I was just telling Adam the other day. Torture porn. No one crucify me. Saw has just never been my thing because of the torture porn. I don't love when horror films just throw a lot of like blood and gore at you just because they can. It can be a cop out, yeah. And it's almost like jump scares. If they're done in a useless way, it's just annoying more than anything. So I'm not a big torture guy, but I put especially when they glue her mouth shut Mm -hmm. because I think it's done just very intentional and it worked for me um, because I was disgusted, but I was not annoyed. Yeah. You know? So... I, I think it just made sense and it, it made it made me quite uncomfortable. Yeah, I agree. I think that that would be my first one, um, is the torture scenes. Mm-hmm. Um and of course them cutting the glue was like horrendous, but yes. even them gluing like just the first shot of them gluing her mouth shut. Oh, I know, I'm like, oh my gosh. She just gets the tape off. She's starting to yell for help. They run up there and when they like hold her mouth shut. And they get that little bottle out. You're like, wait, no, yeah. there's no way. And Which then that just, stuff just like slowly, ugh, makes me cringe. Yeah, I would. Ugh. Honorable mention, just the concept. You know, although yeah. it's not entirely unique, obviously, but the main point of view character being the crazy one, yes, really directs what is bad in different, you know, yeah. directions. So that's like a great point. Shutter Island, for instance, who big one. You know, obviously that's an incredible film. Yeah, but it's a great rom com. It's a very well done rom com. It stars, uh, you know, Mark Ruffalo, Leonardo. Their relationship is beautiful. But for this film, also you pair this like really mysterious kind of horrifying character with two seemingly innocent kids, and you're gonna think whatever bad exists is from the mom. Yes, definitely. who is portrayed as that. So, yeah. um, which I know we there are a lot of things we already said allude to the twist, but. They did, on top of their alluding to the twist, they did really paint her to be bad. Yeah. Uh, in, a, in a clever way. So, yeah, like such a baddie. Yeah, like... <laughs> like dummy thicker, you know? <laughs> Just like the nightmare <laughs> sequence in the woods. Crazy. 
the way she bends her head in 800 different directions. Man, that's just... I was, I was biting my woo. lip for sure. Woo, doggy. <laughs> Remaining thoughts. Do we mm. recommend this film to everyone? I think I would recommend this film to anyone who's... Which I feel like I say this a lot, but anyone who's down for just a good horror film, I think give it a shot. It is a slow burn. Yeah. And I would say, you know, to your discretion, there's some really uncomfortable torture scenes. Yeah. But like, if you're down for that kind of stuff, you know, I think it's, I'd recommend it. I agree. I It's for the slow burn indie horror film lovers. I mean, yes. they're going to like this film. For sure. Uh, the psychological thrillers with a good twist. I mean, yeah. if you like those, this is a good film to watch just yeah. to add to your movies watched list. Will this film stay in its top place and fit? Top 50 forever. I put probably not. Yeah, I agree. And kind of like I said last week, it is hard just because there's so many more horror films I'll watch, but I just don't see this one making it yeah. in the top 50 forever. Um, but I I mean, that's not to say, obviously it's our number 46. Yeah. 47. 47, that's right. Can't count. Um, so <laughs> Which, it's obviously a credible movie, but and, it's not going to remain in the top 50. Yeah, and to reiterate too, like, we made this list. We put a lot of time and effort and thought into making this list, but we also knew it's impossible to rewatch all these films before we can rate yeah. like or do this list. So like a lot of these films we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. So like whenever we're rewatching them, we ranked them based on how we had rated them earlier or yes. whenever we watched how it. How do we remember it? And so sometimes it's hard because it's like, would I have said this film is better than yes. the others that we watched? Like, I don't know, you know, but right. now like it's just it's just part of the process. Yeah, for sure. And we've mentioned that in other episodes, just that transparency of like, we're going to be honest with you if we rewatch it, because we haven't watched our next one yet. But if we rewatch that one and we're like, oh, like Goodnight Mommy was way better. We're going to say that. I mean, we'll be honest. But as of today, our list is composed of, yeah, these movies we haven't seen in a very long time. Well, that wraps up Chamber of Chills number 47, Goodnight Mommy 2014. Thank you guys so much for listening to our fourth episode of Chamber of Chills ever. We hope that you guys uh, just continue to listen to us and we hope that each episode gets better. We're still finding our stride. Bear oh, with yeah. us. It's part of the We're process. We're finding our magic. We're finding the magic. <laughs> and, you know, I'm trying so bad not to slur my words because I'm actually the worst <laughs> at slurring my words, dude. I nah. Listening back to our episodes, I realize I'm a big buffoon. <laughs> but hey, it's just part of this, right? You know, Marin was like, you just really need to work on your slur. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, you're right, because hey, I listened to it. It's bad. As your co-host, I think it sounds pretty good. Thank you. I never think it's bad. Well, I realized I'm Dude, your just, wife is just like the worst. You know, <laughs> she's so mean to you. She's just my, she's my, uh, she grounds me. I, JK, I love you, Marin. <laughs> we love you. I, yeah, I just need to get better. Um, don't forget to follow us on our two social accounts, Instagram and TikTok at the Chamber of Chills. Please DM us, comment on our posts, or send us an email at podcast at thechamberofchills.com. If you have any questions, thoughts, or hot takes, we will absolutely read all of them and maybe even block bring you. some of them and maybe even block you <laughs> and never talk to you again. No, uh, maybe even bring some of them on our future episodes and give you a little shout out. Ooh. Because here's the thing. Cam and I, we just want to grow this film loving community with you guys. And we also just, hey, 
grab your friends. Bring them into this, okay? You know, if, let's bring grab them into the chamber. Bring them into the chamber. Pull them into the chamber. Grab some popcorn. Start your own hot takes hallways. Who doesn't love a good hot take, you know? And if you're extra passionate in your agreement or disagreement with us, send us a video of your thoughts. We won't cry too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just mute it and rewatch it. And be like, oh, they're so sweet. <laughs> no, we, we do. I, I mean that sincerely. We want to grow this community with you guys. We love film. We're not only going to talk about horror, but that's going to be an initial focus uh, because we do love horror. And uh, yeah, just reach out to us. We want you guys to be a part of this with us. Yeah. And that concludes this episode. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for what's next on Chamber of Chills. Peace. Mwahaha. <laughs>